0: Before you can create a healthy relationship with others, you first have to create a healthy relationship with yourself. Welcome to Let's Talk About It with your host, Dr. Janie Lacey. Janie is a nationally respected psychotherapist, and on this show, she and her featured guests will help you discover and break patterns in your life that can contribute to self-sabotage and unhealthy relationships. Now, here is Dr. Janie Lacey.
1: Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About It with Janie Lacey. Did you know that the one thing all successful people have in common is failure? They made films no one wanted to see. They wrote blogs no one wanted to read, created music no one wanted to hear, but they kept going all the way to success because only when we face defeat do we know what we can overcome only when we can put aside excuses are we ready to try again. In Chasing Failure, our special guest Ryan Leak takes us on a journey to show us how chasing failure may be your quickest way to success. Ryan Leak is a husband to Amanda and father to Jackson and Roman. After that, the hats he wears, the most are speaker and author. He's widely he's widely known for two Documentaries, The Surprise Wedding, and Chasing Failure. Ryan splits most of his time between speaking in churches and in corporate America. He gets the opportunity to inspire and train thousands upon thousands of people across America and the world through his messages, his keynotes, his workshops, and seminars. Ryan and his beautiful family reside in Dallas, Texas. Welcome to the show, Ryan.
2: Oh, it is an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Oh, well, the honor is is mine completely. You know, I've read your bio. Was introduced through a mutual friend, and um, you yeah. have the accolades. You spoke around the world. You are a top-notch speaker. There's no doubt about that. But if we put aside your bio and all yeah. the accolades, who is Ryan Leak? Who is he?
2: I'm a I'm I'm just a dude. You know, I'm just I'm just a an everyday husband, an everyday father, um, businessman, speaker, minister, um, hooper. I love playing basketball. Uh, and I just I just wake up every day and try to add value to people's lives.
1: Try to add values to people's lives. Just an everyday person.
2: <laughs> I'm just an everyday person. That's super chill. Yeah. Well.
1: I think other people would uh, would say others when they otherwise and they see you on the stages of Potter's House and um, so many mega churches across the United States. But OK,
2: so this is funny. OK, this is funny. And I'm big on being, you know, authentic and real and all that stuff. So what's so funny is I remember speaking at like one of my first Fortune 500 companies and I get introduced as the guy that was featured on Oprah. And I was like, Oprah. It was Queen Latifah. Now, no disrespect to the queen, but hopping on a stage with Oprah expectations versus Queen Latifah expectations is just funny. And so I got introduced on one of the things that you and I were on as somebody that was a teaching pastor at the Potter's house. I have never spoken at the Potter's
0: <laughs> house.
2: I don't know Bishop James. And I like, I'm always like, I never know like when to correct people. But again, that's why I say like, Yes, I have spoken at some very, very large churches and, and whatnot, but the Potter's House specifically is not one of them.
1: So TD Jason doesn't have you on his cell phone, and, and Ryan, not I can't make it this this Sunday. Can you come and not, teach? <laughs>
2: not not TD. Some others, some others, but 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 TD isn't one of them. But I, I've been I've been blessed to, to minister to uh, in some really really cool places.
1: You're absolutely right, and that's why we always need to check our references. Because I did hear you introduced that way in our shared yes, space. Yes, you
2: did. You did, and I didn't. And I was just like, "Yeah, whatever. Yeah,
1: let's keep rolling." So. We're, we're speaking it into existence. Yeah. But you know, one of the things that we were looking forward to really talking about you, talking to you about, is chasing failure. Yeah. And when I heard the title "Chasing Failure," a lot of different things came to mind before I actually heard you speak. Tell okay. us for those that have not read the book yet that yeah. they're just now being introduced to Ryan Leak, what does that mean, chasing failure?
2: <laughs> well, I, I think when, whenever, I'm, I'm big on behind the scenes. I'm big on understanding what went into the ingredients of how people became successful. And what I found, uh, whenever I studied successful people, whenever I sat with successful people, I realized one of the key ingredients that helped them become who they were, who they are, it's failure. And I'm like, they they just got it at inconvenient times. And I thought if we could get that early, we could learn the lessons we need to be successful. And so when I encourage people to chase failure, I don't encourage them to chase foolishness. Uh, I encourage them to embrace failure, embrace risk taking, embrace Sometimes you make mistakes. I make mistakes every single week. I drop balls. And so does everybody. It's just that most of us spend a great deal of energy trying to hide our flaws. I like to say we like to post our best and hide the rest. And I've just decided to kind of start this new line of just going, no, I I share my failures on a weekly basis. And what I'm finding is happening is, People admire perfection from a distance, but they can't relate to it because they know their real life. You know your real life. I know my real life. And so, so, so behind the lights, the camera, and, and the action is, is are real people with real challenges that make that have real failures. And so, so I just I just don't I just come just as I am. So if if I'm winning, I'll tell you I'm winning, and if I'm losing, I'll tell you I'm losing. You know, but I I'm not. I no longer feel the ups and downs of wins and losses. I don't, I don't feel the, oh my gosh, my brand is on the line right now with this post. Oh no, what am I going to do? No, I'm just going to post. No, I'm not going to do it foolishly. I'm going to be sensitive to the times, but I'm also not, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with failing. I'm okay with risk-taking. And I have found, that that mode has brought me more success than than anything i've ever done. and so um and i think it's i think it's just embracing failures and owning it. so that that's that's the heart behind chasing failure.
1: So really to be authentic, to embrace all of our truth and Oh my gosh. hide nothing. Was you don't hide nothing, you don't have to look around the corner.
2: <laughs> you have nothing to hide. You're not afraid of someone finding out a different story about you. And so um, I'm very forthright with, um, I spoke for a very, very, very large production company. Um, And again, I'm not going to name drop, but um, everyone watching this would know who this production company is out of California. Uh, I spoke for them on Friday. I had eight points. Uh, Point number two was missing from my slide deck. And I didn't realize that until I was in the middle of the presentation. You know, want to know? You want to know what that's called? Life. That's what it's <laughs> called. It's called life, ladies and gentlemen. Mistakes happen. How did it happen? I'm going. Did we accidentally? Did I accidentally skip over it? Did I? But in the middle of talking, going to my next slide, I'm thinking. We're on point number three, but I haven't actually told them what point number three is. And there are eight points. Now again, they're like, slam done, great job, it was awesome. But in my mind, I'm thinking, you failed, you made mistakes. And so I think some people think, I will go to the next level when I become flawless. I will, I will write that book once it's perfect. I will start that, I will, I will, I will. And so you have all of these intentions of being greater later. Once you got your stuff together. And it's like, yeah, I got my stuff together, but I'm always creating new content. And so there's, I can't tell you how many times I've been in the middle of a presentation and I've discovered a typo as I'm delivering. Like I'll be looking at the screen like <laughs> that ain't spelled right. And I'll just like, and in that moment, it's it's like, and again, it was triple-checked, it was. And and spoiler alert, it's funny, in the book, I talk about typos. I have a whole chapter on typos. And I don't know, 20, 30 people, you know, reviewed the book, edited it, critiqued it, all of that stuff. Um, while doing the audio version of the book, I found two typos. I was livid until I then looked at the cover of the book and I went, this is life. It happens. And so... <laughs> If you're looking for a perfect person, I'm not him. If you're looking for a perfect speaker, I've never met that person and I'm definitely not it. And so am I trying to be the best that I possibly can be every single day? Absolutely. But the reality is mistakes happen. And I learned from my mistakes. I was speaking for one of the largest financial institutions in the country. And my sound was off for 50 minutes. it it, it was at a whisper they were they were like this the whole time they're like you had great energy and I'm just going oh my gosh well again we're all trying to navigate this digital digital world I mean let's just be honest for just a moment this is our second take why because technology happens so no one sees our failed one they just see this one And that's what we do in business all the time. We're presenting our best and nobody knows the backstory. I've just started this, this mantra now, just going, let's tell the backstory because that encourages people because people will have the moment that we had a few weeks ago where internet's malfunctioning, it's glitchy, it's this, it's that. And then they'll, they'll conclude, I can't do this. And I'm going, no, you can, it's technology, it's wavelengths, it's, It's code. It's a website. It's these things happen to all sorts of people. How many of us have ever been uh, trying to get on an airline's website and it wasn't working? Are we saying they're not a legit airline because their website wasn't working? No, it's called technology and things happen. And so I think we've got to be able to embrace that because what I see happening so much in the American workforce is so many people, allow the fear of failure to stall them to say, well, I'm just not going to do anything. I'm just like, well, no, let's, let's make sure that we keep moving forward.
1: And you certainly embody that, you know, as we were pre-recording, we normally record live. And I was telling you, I'm like, Oh, this has never happened before. And you called and you're calm, cool collected, and just having a conversation. And here I am. My anxiety was high. (laughs) like trying to get you to catch up. So you embody everything that you are sharing. And you know, what also came to mind when, when I read Chasing Failure, there's a couple of things that came to, to me personally. I remember in high school. So I ran track, Ryan, and I'm, and, and there was a, a meet and my coach had last minute asked me to come run the hundred meter hurdle. And okay. me at the time being a people pleaser said yes. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, when's the last time I practiced running over a hurdle? But I normally do the 400 meter run. I did discus. I did all these other things. So I said, yes. So we're in the middle of this meet, guns go off and I jump over the first hurdle. I fall to the ground. I jump over the second hurdle, I fall to the ground, and I did not want to get up in that second. But they're yelling and screaming at me, go get up, right? They really wanted me just to finish to to get the score, but I was so embarrassed and humiliated. But one of the greatest life lessons that I learned goes right back to that moment about preparation, right? And then, you know, what brings me back to last week, I was in New York City, and I was meeting with some... Um, investors and they have multi-millions of dollars and we're having conversations and in these conversations, they failed more than they, so we see, or what I was seeing was the success You know, generations changed and being able to invest in all these things. So I saw the arrival. But when I was Mm -hmm. in communication with this person, they had a lot of failures and including a divorce that had made them a catalyst and said, you know what, I got to get my own money. And now exceeding her own expectations and now investing in so many other people. So most people that we would see as being successful have had pain points that have led them to, to the places that we see. So, so share with us, Ryan, what are some of your greatest life pain points that, that were the fuel to, to riding, chasing mm. failure?
2: Well, I think there were a few, there's, there's been a few, and thanks for sharing that too. Cause I think there are a lot of people have some of those like catalyst moments that propel them, propel them for, uh, I think for me, um, I felt my whole life, um, you know, I, 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 I say in the book about, you know, God has a plan for your life and so do other people. I think at some point I felt, um, the overall weight of my community's plan for my life. Ryan, you would be great at this. Oh, Ryan, if you would just do this, oh, I'll be awesome. And, and I just, I felt that like, y'all want me to be something that I'm not and the goals that you have for my life, well, my goals are much greater than that. And so I I felt like, I almost felt like people were putting a ceiling on my potential and thought, man, you would be great at this and I would like for you to be that. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I wouldn't like being that person. And so part of of what kind of gave me a little bit of fuel to do what I do now is to kind of write my own course a little bit. And uh, one of the things I've just had to wrestle with and really come to grips with, I pave the way for other people, which means most of my life, I will have a shovel in my hand and I'll be digging, paving a way for somebody else. And so there's not a whole lot of other people that have gone down the path that I've gone. And so there's not a whole lot of people that I have to be able to reach out to. Most days I wake up with the shovel and I have to figure some things out. And so for me, that's, that's where a lot of my fuel comes from in the sense of going, I'm, I'm not going to let someone else's, you know, I, I tell the story in the book about Andre Agassi. It's amazing. It wasn't until, Um, we read his biography in, you know, the late, late 2000s that we're like, this dude didn't like tennis. That's crazy. His dad liked tennis. And I just thought, man, I don't ever want to wake up living out somebody else's dream. I can't tell you how many stay at home moms I've talked to who somebody will look at them and say, you are living the dream. And they'll be like, whose dream who, who 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 said this is what every woman wants it's not what i want and so sometimes we can just kind of copy and paste oh it would be great if you could be with somebody and you could just stay home it's like well who says i want to stay home maybe i maybe i like going to work maybe i like putting my hands to do something maybe who knows? And so I think we just can't ever put people in a box. And I felt like I was in a box for a long time and I had to get out the box.
1: And you know, I hear the, the box, I think about one of my my mentors. Uh, he says, you know, we wake up in a box, you know, we grab the box, <laughs> then we mm-hmm. drive a box, right? Yeah. And, you know, so constantly being being put in a box and and breaking free out of that. You know, another person who, um, I was in their space last week, Danielle Degato, and she said, You know, the importance of us getting, we have to get clear on who we are and who we want to be so we don't quit. Get clear so Mm -hmm. we don't quit. And I think about that. And to your point, to so many people, we... We follow a path already set for us. We go to college, we get a job, mm-hmm. we get married, we have kids and, you know, follow this this path and not really discovering, you know, our purpose. And those are those pain points that I look mm-hmm. back in my own life as I was sitting and talking to these investors last week that it was these pain points that turned to their own purpose. And that's where the discovery of who we are and God's specific, unique, extraordinary purpose for all of our life. And it's not necessarily subscribed to to your point in the story of someone's yeah. father's dream or my mom went to this college, so I need to join this uh, for soror- sorority right? <laughs> to really get right. clear on who we need to be. So I think it's a lot of people resonate with that.
2: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: So you know you share that um you share that when we are honest, the biggest reason we don't pursue our dreams is exactly what we're talking about is because a distance between our dreams and our realities is often intimidating oh, help yeah. us help us break this down for us so for those that are listening or watching us, I mean, what does this look like in people's life practically speaking?
2: Well, dreaming's free it doesn't cost anything to have a dream, to have an idea, to have a goal. But uh, the minute you find out you have to have a website, you're like, I don't I don't know how to build a website. And do you mean I got to spend money for that? Wait a second, like that, that's, or I could learn to do it myself. Ah, uh, that's intimidating. Now, restaurants, we love to eat at them, but somebody Somebody put in some work to make that happen. I was sitting with a guy yesterday who is considering opening up, opening up a Mexican restaurant. I said, well, how much would you need? He's like 150,000. I said, what would 150,000 do for you? And he starts going through the list of the vent hood that you would need to have that's restaurant great. Uh, staffing, Mark, I mean, he just starts going through the whole deal. Well, most people would just go, man, it would be really nice to have this kind of restaurant, Italian in my neighborhood. And that's about where it stops because to do all of the other things is going, these are all a bunch of opportunities for me to fail. These are a bunch of reasons where it can go, well, this isn't, this is why it's not going to work out. And so most people, they keep their dreams on the shelf. They don't even, they don't even like the, even the exploration of it is exhausting for them to, to figure out. And so it's, it's funny even working with my publisher and marketing teams, they'll be like, man, uh, we, we've never worked with an author that's as creative as you or that can build their own website or that can, and I'm going, yeah, cause I've been standing in line a long time and I had to figure some of this stuff out. So what I say, yeah, I'll build your website. No, I know how to build mine. And I've stayed up late. I've gone on YouTube. I've figured out some graphic design. I have figured out enough to go, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going, this is what it takes for me to, to go to, go to that next level. And so, so for me, you know, I've, I've just, I've just had to make, I've just had to make that decision of like, Hey, all right, we're, I get that it's intimidating, but I am not afraid to I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not, I'm not afraid to try things. I'm not afraid to get it wrong. Um I'd rather get it wrong than to not. I'd rather miss the shot than to not play. I want to be in the game. That's the, that's just the way that I see it. So I, I think practically for people. I just try to tell them, hey, you just need to figure out that next step. Some people won't even go on GoDaddy and figure out if their website URL exists, let alone build a website. I go, well, don't put the cart before the horse. Like, just take the next step.
1: Next step, the next move. Mm-hmm. So being so transparent and authentic as you are, when's the last time that you tried something new and then you realize, ah?
2: Well, I gave you one from, I gave you a failure from Friday. I gave you a failure from about a month ago. Uh, something new, something new that I'm, I'm, I'm really looking into. I haven't failed yet um, because part of, part of what I teach is failing smart and doing homework before you just dive into things. Again, this isn't chasing foolishness, it's chasing failure. So part of um, what will become a part of my brand in the future will be uh, e-courses and giving people an opportunity to take an online course. Um, so we're in the research phase of that, of being able to say, all right, let me, let me make sure that whatever it is that we're going to put out is adding enough value that people would want to pay hundreds of dollars to take that course. And so, so we're just trying to be really wise with that, but I guarantee you lots of failures will will come along with that. Um another thing recently, um again this is very transparent, this is very vulnerable with the book um you know being a published author with Thomas Nelson. Whenever you have a book coming out, you're obviously trying to hit some sort of list, New York Times, USA Today, Wall Street Journal. You know, you're trying you're trying to you're trying to win this is how these things are measured. Um, well, someone, which again, I'm not going to find out today who this person was, but my book was earmarked and coded in the wrong category. So, um, I sold enough books to hit the wall street journal bestseller list as number three, two weeks in a row, but because, um, what's called the BISAC because it was coded incorrectly, I missed the list. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did hit USA today, but again for a category that the book's actually not, so it was a, it was technically in the wrong category, and it was in the wrong category um, on Amazon. So, so I learned some valuable lessons even just through that process. And you know, I think we did a really great job marketing the book, and we learned a lot even within that. Um, but ultimately, we did not hit our goal.
1: And as you're saying that, Ryan, I can feel the knots in my stomach, the
2: oh, putting myself in the
1: moment of you finding out, how did you take care of yourself in that moment of finding that out? It's almost like losing um, or failing a test and you're just two points away. That's kind of that feeling that I got was you're talking about that.
2: Well, a, a couple of things. Yeah, I'm, one, I was very frustrated. I was, I was very, very upset. But then again... I keep looking back at the title of the book and thinking, okay, um, you aim for New York Times and you landed on USA Today. How many authors do you know that have landed on USA Today's bestseller list? And so it's just perspective. And that's the point is you stretch yourself, you're shooting for the moon, you land on a star, and then you're complaining from a star that you're not on the moon while everyone else is on earth so so on some level you're you're pushing yourself and we fell short of a goal um the other thing that i was reminded of um and and i just felt the lord tell me this how did you get where you are how did you get where you are are we talking right now because i'm a new york times best author has any organization ever booked me to speak because i'm a new york times best author has it had has has anything good happened in my life? Because I'm a New York Times bestselling author. Not one of them. Not one. And so there was just this peace in me of going, what did you think it would do for you? And 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 I felt this even from the Lord. What did you think that would do for you that I haven't already done for you and given you favor? if you just keep your integrity and you do the right thing for the right reason, and you keep adding value to people, I'll take care of your path. I'll take care of your clients. I'll take care of your future opportunities. And so, so that's how I kept my cool. And that's where I got my peace.
1: It was frustrating and being able to feel all the feelings, but being able to know that what God has for you, he has for you and taking that time to tune into Into that, and you're right, you know, you're right in the sense that, you know, my one of my mentors, I could probably tell I have a lot of mentors, Paul Brunson once told me that when we are truly running our own race, right, are truly running our own race in that marathon you know put accolades aside and speaking engagements aside you know followers aside because people pay for that right they try to sprint to the race but when you're truly running your own race what god has for you has for you you'll it'll always find you sometimes it's not in our timing so you know you're you're absolutely right and i appreciate that vulnerability because i think you're gonna set somebody free today so absolutely we uh, we are here with let's talk about it with Janie and we'll be right back with ryan lake right after the break
0: Are you often attracted to unavailable partners? Feel like you can't stay but can't leave a toxic relationship? Obsessed with thinking about a current or former lover? Feel resentful that you're always taking care of the other person? The Woman Redeemed Therapy Program is for women who want to break free from toxic relationship patterns so they can find the love they truly deserve. This program is a safe, nurturing environment essential for building self-worth and acquiring the tools to work through challenges and create your best self. We invite you to begin the journey today to start building the new you. Call 407-622-1770 or visit LifeCounselingSolutions.com. That's LifeCounselingSolutions.com.
3: Are you living day by day nervous, in fear, or constantly feeling overwhelmed This is probably due to an anxiety disorder. Anxiety disorders can develop from many different factors and can affect each and every person differently. Anxiety disorders can develop because of genetics, personality, stressful life events, and many other reasons. The Anxiety and Depression Association of America reports that more than 40 million Americans suffer from anxiety-related illnesses and anxiety is also considered the most common mental disorder in the United States. You don't have to suffer alone. Call Life Counseling Solutions at 407-622-1770 or visit LifeCounselingSolutions.com today. Has your anger ever taken you somewhere you regretted? Have you ever said something in anger that you wish you could take back? Have you ever hurt anyone as a reaction of your anger, physically or emotionally? Let's face it. Anger is a part of life. We all experience anger in our lives at some point. The question we need to ask ourselves is whether this has become a habit. What matters is how we deal with it. So call Life Counseling Solutions at 407-622-1770 or visit OrlandoAngerManagement.com today.
0: You are listening to Let's Talk About It with Dr. Janie Lacey. To reach the show today, please call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Janie at lifecounselingsolutions.com. Now back to Let's Talk About It.
1: Welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Janie Lacey. We are here with Ryan Leak discussing chasing failure. So, Ryan, welcome back to the show.
2: Yep. Glad to be back.
1: You know, as I'm thinking through our conversation, you know, everything negative we talk about just in life, the pressures, the challenges you talk in Chasing Failure about, it's an opportunity for us to rise. And that really resonated uh, with me. And you talked about um, your lifelong hero Kobe Bryant in the in the book so eloquently, which I really um, tuned into that example. So, talk to us about the self talk leading up to meeting Kobe, <laughs> and what mm-hmm. you learned as you reflect back on that time period.
3: Ah, <sighs> you
2: know it's so. I was so young. <laughs> I was just so young, and. Uh, And I just, I remember getting ready to meet Kobe. I just, I was like, I can't believe that I even get an opportunity to do that. It's weird. Hindsight is very, very interesting on that. Working with quite a few NBA players today on a regular basis. It's like, it's just different. It's like, but at the same time, it never feels normal to me because I'm just, I'm a basketball guy. So it's just like, you know, if if I'm talking to a guy and then he's about to play, it's like, did I just saw you, like your ESPN top 10 and we're on the phone? Like, that's weird to me, you know? And so to think about the fact that at that time, I got to meet like an all-time great. And now that he's passed, it makes it even, like it just, it really, it really just kind of throws off your equilibrium a little bit, just even thinking about it. But getting ready to meet him, I just, I just really wanted to soak it all in and, and enjoy the moment and, um, and just meet the man. I ne- I've seen him play so many times, but never had an opportunity to to, to talk with him. But he was just so, uh, so gracious, very um, focused. He was an intense individual like he was just he was like this the whole time not mean engaged like hanging on every word um and i just thought i understand why he's good at what he does cuz he takes it seriously i mean he's you, you he was a next level person here here's what most people don't and and, and this is this is what i really learned about true greatness at that level for 20 years of his life he played professional basketball once every three days. An actual game. That's not practice. That that's not that's not pickup. Like he played a hundred nights a year. A hundred a hundred nights a year. So I play college ball. Uh, We play 30 games a year. And at the end of the season, I'm like, I'm not touching a basketball for, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I can't feel my legs. I just like a hundred games a year of just, just the games. And then after either losing or winning, to sit in front of the media and get a microphone and have to answer their questions. Knowing your mood, knowing your game will be criticized by thousands of people. And then also seeing how he was off the court in a room full of people. At first it was just me, him and my wife. And then the other VIPs for the evening started to kind of fall in and I thought, and now he still has to be on. So he has to do this a hundred times a year for 20 years. And so what um, I'm not a LeBron James like fan, like like he's somebody that like I root against, but he's somebody I don't know that I have more respect for another athlete than LeBron. because thinking about what it takes to be great. And what he puts into the game and what he does off the court and what he does for culture and what he does for his family and movies and, you know, a bunch of people critiquing Space Jam too. And it's like, my son watches it every day and is inspired by it. And it's like, just thinking about all that he does besides playing a hundred games of basketball. And it's like, so when I talk to young athletes, or young businessmen, young businesswomen. I'm like, you ain't just got to have a good business idea. You don't just got to be good at basketball. You got to be good at some other things. You've got to have some people skills because there are plenty of athletic people who are not in the NBA because they couldn't do all of the other stuff. And that's what LeBron has mastered. He has mastered how to speak to the media I hope he does a masterclass when it's all over on just media. I, I, I would just love to pick his brain of what he has figured out and just mastered in that way, because it's, it's a very, very tough thing. Knowing what words will be headlines versus what words won't be. And just, you know, so I, the question I pose in the book is whenever you, you see someone great, you should ask the question, what does it cost to be you? Hmm. So, and and that sort of thing.
1: So then, when you answer that question, what does it cost to be Ryan Leak? What do you say?
2: I had a friend uh, that traveled with me for a weekend, and and he said I did not know what it cost to be until until he actually like really travel with me. And so all that kind of goes into, and, and it was so funny. He was like, man, I'm on the plane with you going to Houston to, going to Houston to preach. And he said, and you're writing a corporate talk on the way to preach. So then you land and then you've got your routine and then you go in there and you meet this person and you, you you just you know w- what it takes you know and then I do that I do that talk three times and he was there for all of it and he goes he goes you change something every time but most people only hear the third one and go man that was great yeah you didn't hear the failures in the first two because I was learning every single time and then uh, we're riding back and he falls asleep and I'm working on a corp on a different corporate talk. Well the reason I did all of that in one weekend is so that on Monday, well I could be with my kids. So I don't't I don't, I don't have to work the next day. And he's just like, "Dude, And it's not that I'm always working. He's just like how you how you manage all of that is is interesting. And so I'm very, very fortunate and blessed to have the opportunities that I do. Uh, but you know yesterday I was done at two o'clock, uh, but because of weather in dallas i didn't get home to 1 30 a.m hmm. and so like that is that is just that's part of that's best part of it and constantly creating content to add value to other people is uh is not easy it takes great dedication and a willingness to receive feedback from others that says hey this is where you missed the mark There's some things that I would add. And and so I'm grateful for my team and the people that I have in my life. Um, But uh, even just thinking through uh, social media, we have a LinkedIn plan. We have a YouTube plan. We have a Facebook plan. We have a Twitter plan. We have an Instagram plan. People just go, dude, your social media looks awesome. But they don't know there's a strategy for all of them. And so we create specific content just for LinkedIn. And we, we create specific content just for IGTV and understanding what is a 60 second clip versus a minute, 15 second clip versus a 90 second clip versus a more than three minute clips do better on Facebook and Twitter is 20 seconds and then TikTok. And so, so understanding all of those things and directing all of that content. And so You know, being in Chicago this past weekend, yeah, I I preached four times. I wrote four sermons and I think two days, two corporate talks. And then I have to sit with the social guy there and say, okay, here's how we're going to take what we just did in 60 minutes and turn it into 45 seconds that someone can absorb on the Internet. So then I have to comb through every single file that he sends me from every service and actually pick clips and points in the message mm. to say, okay, this is this is the story we want to tell. Well, if someone follows me on Instagram, they go, the video's great. Yeah, but you don't know what it costs <laughs> to, to do. And then I have to pay that person to make that. And then you have to pay another person to manage it and curate it and put it. And so... Um... So that's just a little bit of what it costs to be me,
1: <laughs> Well, I, I guess.
2: Did, did I answer your question? I, I think was, you, did uh, I give more, you behind the scenes? Did I think I? you
1: more than answered behind the scenes. And yeah. what came to mind was recently having this conversation with someone. And, and she said to me that, you know, Janie, I really don't like motivation and inspiration, right? Because I'm uh-huh. part of a crew that, you know, motivation, inspiration. And I'm like, why? And she, I respect her. Very successful um, person. Friends with Oprah, I mean, successful person. And yeah. she said because, and you just embodied this example because not everybody's willing to do the work so you can get motivation and inspiration and you can feel good. But how many people are going to sacrifice? How many people are going to really put in the work to create the life they want to live? right? So you can motivate and you can inspire people all day long. But when it comes down to the practical, the strategy, the tactical, how many people are going to put in the work? And what you just gave us the behind the scenes is Mm -hmm. you putting in the work to be able to have the time with your kids, to be able to have them build a life that that you want. And not everyone's willing to do that.
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, I think execution is huge. And if you can't execute you're just an innovative person that doesn't do anything. <laughs> you Execution's everything. And so I think um, I just try to remove as many distractions as I possibly can. Um, you know, a lot of people got a lot of goals and things they think I should be. Uh, I think of things like... Um, a goal I haven't shared with anybody publicly. So I'm giving you, I'm giving I'm giving you the good stuff. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to pay off my house over the next year. So for me, it's like, I don't really care what your agenda is. You know, it's like, for me, I have these big audacious goals, you know? So for me, it's like by the time I turn 36, I'm not going to have a mortgage. Like that's, that's just how I think. And so your goal for me is never going to be that. So I've got to have my own goals that keep me going because your goals won't even be enough to get me out of bed. And so, so anyways, I just, you know, so I, I just I just have fun with that. But there's no way that that's going to happen if you don't execute, get out of bed and do what you got to do.
1: Well, you said it. Execution is everything. You got to plant those roots so that you can get that fruit. And the fruit would be a completely free home ownership. And oh, yeah. uh, and, and that's that's a greatest gift. You know,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and, and then I'm going to pivot here a little bit, Ryan. You know, in your chapter, Reframing Failure, we're kind of talking about yeah. this a little bit, kind of leads me right there, is you discuss how chasing failure was taking you on a journey from dreaming to living. And I think a lot of mm-hmm. times we can all relate to to that, but you got to read the book. <laughs> yeah. But what can you share from your experience to that person who is now in middle life and mm-hmm. they look back with so much regret? How can that person reframe what what we can reflect as on as failure, right? Because working yeah. with, with lots of people, they will point to, and I usually will get this, you know, anywhere from, I'll say from 40 to 75, right, is my, one of my oldest clients right now. And they'll, ref- they'll reflect back and they'll point to their age. They're like, oh, but Janie, I'm 70 or Janie, I'm 60. You know, that my window has passed. And they focus so mm-hmm. much on what was missed and the failure that, or what they would do over So how could, what would you say to them in helping them reframe failure?
2: I think the only failure a person has is failing to learn from their failures. If you are failing to learn from your failures, then yes, that is a failure. But if you are taking really good notes, that's not a failure. You learned something. You got an education that you could not get at any school. And so- um, I'll talk to, to a lot of leaders that will share an idea in a meeting and it'll get rejected and they'll get really down about it. And I'll go, they didn't teach that to you in business school? You didn't take rejection one-on-one? Pick up your pants and learn from that rejection. Why? Why was it rejected? Now you need to learn the kind of ideas that people love. The kind of ideas that people love. One, they love ideas that make them look good. So if you're presenting an idea that's going to make somebody look good, they're naturally going to go because most of us are egocentric. It is what it is. Most people are narcissistic. <laughs> not, not, not that they have narcissism, but like a full case of it, but most people see themselves as the center of the universe. So if you present something that makes them that, It's more likely going to succeed. People also love ideas that make them money. Did your idea do that? Why was it rejected? Was it about you or did you make it about them? You just got an opportunity to learn something that nobody else in the organization was even willing to learn. Now, I like to say I like to learn from other people's mistakes more than my own. So I love watching people present an idea and I go, why didn't that work? And then I learned from it. So I like learning from other people's failures as much as my own. But I think you've always got to be taking notes. You've always, and and that's, that's a different, that I think some people see failure as the arch enemy of their success. I think it's a part of your success. It's not the villain. It can actually help you if you will let it. And there's just so many times where Um, I just see people get down on their past mistakes and they just, I've made so many, I'm, I'm starting to forget them. And so, but I'm, I'm still moving forward. Our business has done better than it's ever done ever I'm the best year we've ever had. Um, and I contribute that to a lot of things. Um, but one of those things is we've just been taking risks. We try stuff. Some stuff goes well, some stuff doesn't. We put together clips that don't get much traction at all. We put together some clips that I thought were mediocre. Got 100,000 views. You're like, what in the world? It makes sense. And so what what are we learning? We're learning what resonates with people the most. So, for example, I was talking to the owners of BibleGateway.com. Did you know the number one word searched on their website? It's the word anxiety.
1: Oh, huh, interesting.
2: So again, you're you're learning where are what are people dealing with, and so but the only way to know that is to try some stuff. And so I just, um, I just I just don't think failure is as bad as people think it is, um, and it's it's a part of life.
1: It certainly is a part of life. You know that saying that. You know, life is not happening to us. It's happening for us. You know, Ryan, I remember this in, I don't know, it was probably my early 20s. And I was um, applied for an executive secretary position and we had to take a typing test. And I was an old school head. I didn't learn how to type, you know, until I had to. And I failed that typing test literally eight times. And I was mm-hmm. in a department where they were waiting for me to pass this test to go to another um, department. So my failures, quote unquote, was being viewed by everyone. Well, did you pass that test? I kept knowing when I was going to pass that test. In that moment, again, I have all these moments of humiliation. But later on, mm-hmm. you know, the greatest lesson that I learned from that was probably about, I don't know, maybe 15 years after that situation happened, I was presenting at a um at a, at a center here in the Orlando, Florida area. And I had a table at this point. I'm now a business owner. I've now moved on, done other things in life. And I had a table where my staff was at and they had called me over and they said that there was somebody there that wanted to um, talk to me, the owner about potentially working for us. And when I looked at this person, it was like, God gave me the skies to open up in that moment, Ryan. (laughs) I think you know where I'm going. So this person didn't recognize me because I had a different last name at this time, and they didn't um, recognize me. I just looked different. And the moment went back to that person was one that was um, condescending and taunting and all this other stuff when I could Mm. not pass that typing test. So in this Mm. moment, the gift of giving this person more grace than they deserved was letting them know that I would keep their resume on file. <laughs> so, I'm, <laughs> so I'm saying all that to say is that in that moment of humiliation being taunted by this person who was in executive position, when I'm trying to work my way through school being executive secretary, you know, years down the line was asking me for a job. And the greatest lesson I had to re, because that bothered wow. me for years. You know, we have these things that for other people may be small, but that was one of those things that really bothered me because I was being mm. watched as I kept failing. And I'm doing everything I can and juggling and trying to pass this typing mm. test. And I couldn't do it. And this was just somebody I felt like just was not treating me well. And I had this moment, Ryan, where I could have not treated them well. <laughs> mm-hmm. but I gave them more grace than I deserve and when I think about reframing failure sometimes things in those moments I believe had happened to us so that when we are moving along life that we also are learning about character because I treat people very mm-hmm. well right no matter yep. what position they're in because gotcha. I know how it was treated how I was treated when I was in a in a um in that position, you know, and that yep. leads me right into your your never give up a chapter. <laughs> and, you know, because obviously I'm a psychologist and you discuss, you know, Maslow, Maslow's hierarchy of needs with the addition of your transcendence. Talk to us. How can we all get there and what it takes?
2: So. I, I think what is. You know, whenever you're thinking about should I do something? Should I not? I think, you know, never give up is is one of my, one of my favorite, favorite chapters because it's what I'm supposed to say. I'm supposed to tell everybody to never give up. And I'm like, no, I think you need to be smart. You know, I I think you need to, you know, and that that's where we kind of came up with this, um, this rubric, so to speak, to kind of take people through, you know, the first thing is, how do you know if you should move forward with something? Number one, are you passionate about it? If you're not passionate about it, everyone's going to feel that. If this is something you love. Is it not something you love? That's the first thing. Second thing is, are you good at it? I say in the book, passion is verified by you, skill set is verified by others. Do other people besides your mother tell you you're good at this? Like it, there needs to be some sort of verification process. Thirdly, are you being given any opportunity to do that thing that you love and are good at? Do you need to create an opportunity? Um, I had a friend say, "Man, I, I want to start a leadership conference. Is anybody asking you to start a leadership conference? Why you? What what are other people saying? Man, you're just a great leader. I know you like it, but is that you're going to create an opportunity? But who's who? Wh- Where is this verification kind of kind of coming from?" This is something you just simply want to improve on. Great, but you've, you've got to pay attention to the signs there. Uh, and the last thing is, you know, is it, is there purpose? You know, you feel like God put you on the planet to do it. And I think whenever you find yourself in front of something that that you're passionate about, that you're good at, that you're being given an opportunity to do and you feel like God put you on the planet to do it. I think that's a sweet spot. If, if if all four of those boxes aren't checked, that does not mean you're not in a good spot. I call it the sweet spot matrix. Keyword there is sweet, okay? It doesn't mean you're in a bad spot if you don't have all four of those boxes checked. And notice the box that I don't have in the sweet spot matrix is getting paid for it. That's a sweet, sweet spot. But I know some people that operate in their sweet spot in an area and they do it for free. They volunteer in children's ministry. They love it. They're good at it. They're given an opportunity to do it. And they feel like God has put them on the planet to do it. And every single weekend, they get an opportunity to live in their sweet spot. And so um, I guess it would be a double sweet spot if you were if you were paid money to do that too. So,
0: <laughs>
1: Double sweet spot. Exactly. Yeah. So your son, Jackson. Yeah. He's 35 years old now and he's getting his mental health checkup, uh-huh. and, and he finds a safe place in America's favorite psychotherapist's office. <laughs> right, 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 right. So she asked him, as she asked many clients, about his childhood. Yeah. And she asked him to reflect on who his yeah. father was to him, especially in his younger years. What yeah. does he say?
2: It's a great question. You know, um, I would say my family is pretty confused about what i even do for a living (laughs) um i asked my son the other day you know what do you think dad does he said you're a church man and a basketball player (laughs) because he sees me working with nba players he sees me play basketball a lot uh one time we were uh, going to a game and i said daddy works for the team he goes oh that's cool like but he still is he's so young he doesn't fully understand. And now he tells people, my dad helps people. And I think, yeah, let's stick with that one. Cause no matter what I'm doing, he's trying to help people. And so, uh, so I hope, I hope he grows up to help people. He might sell insurance. I don't know. He might start a business, might be a pastor, might be a musician. I just pray that whatever he does, um, he has a spirit that helps people.
1: Watches and Watch his dad help others and having that imprint on him that he will yeah. continue to pay that forward and building your legacy. Yeah. yeah. Well, we certainly appreciate you joining us today, Ryan yes. Leakes. Where can people find you if they want to follow your journey, keep in touch with you? You talked about all these strategies, <laughs> all yeah. these different Ryan social Leake.
2: media. Ryanleak.com. dot com. It's that simple.
1: Okay. And quickly, yeah. what's what's next for you, Ryan?
2: Uh, book number two.
1: All right. Book number two. We will watch out for book number two. But if you haven't purchased book number one, Chasing Failure, do so today, now. So in the words of our special guest, become today who you intend to be tomorrow. What are you actually waiting for to start changing your life? Until next time, this is your host, Dr. Janie Lacey.
0: Thank you for tuning in. Let's Talk About It can be heard live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Please join your host, Dr. Janie Lacey, for another edition of the show next week.